Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome once again back to the show, Sean Hildebrand of Urban Nation. Sean is a senior vice president there at Urban Nation and um, happy to have you again on the show, Sean. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, always good to chat and hear your take on the market. Um, I don't know if anybody knows the condo market uh, better than you because this is what you do every day. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about the latest report uh, that you guys have put out last week, the Q1 rental report. Uh, the results are in from the first quarter. Um, but let's set some context before we do that, because uh, as as you said in your email that you sent out with the report, uh, there's a, been a lot of chatter in the media um, and from the government and, and uh, about the uh, the current state of the housing market, of course, in general, but specifically the current state of the rental market. Um, and and we've had a few stories of tenants who say their rents have been increased by 100%. And uh, this is causing great uh, consternation and gnashing of teeth, as it were, at uh, at Queens Park. Um, so, are rents in Toronto going up by one hundred percent a year? Uh, no, not at all. And I think that was um, kind of the message behind uh, the latest data that we released. Rents are growing quicker um, than they historically have, um, but by no means are they are they doubling. Um, as some of these uh, stories have suggested. Our data showed that um, on average, um, condo apartments leased through the MLS system in the first quarter uh, grew by uh, just over 8% in terms of average rents year over year. So it's, it's above average for sure, but it also marks um, a slowdown from the rate of growth that was recorded in the fourth quarter of 2016, which was at an annual increase of uh, closer to 12%. So the market is uh, showing uh, a bit of moderation, and that really has to do with some uh, increases in, in supply via the, uh, the the new condos that have come to completion over the past six months. So this additional supply has helped to slow down um, the rate of increase in rents, created a little bit more balance in the marketplace. We saw the average days on market go up a bit. Um, we measure the percentage of units that are being leased for over-asking rent, and that came down quite a bit. In the fourth quarter of 2016, uh, close to 20% of all units were leased for above-asking price, whereas uh, in the first quarter it was less than 10%. So uh, the market is sort of self-stabilizing, I would say, and uh, I think that's a trend that's going to continue over the next few years. There's still quite a few condo apartments that are under construction uh, and will come to completion uh, over this over over the three-year period, and that's really where most of the new rental supply comes from. We are uh, experiencing higher levels of purpose-built rental development as well, which will kind of help to temper rent growth in the next few years. But I think still we're, we're going to be relying mostly on growth in the condo sector to come in and uh, and keep kind of a moderate pace of rent growth. So we're expecting that um, that trend is going to continue and uh, we're not going to be seeing, uh, you know, double-digit rates of increase for condo rents and certainly not 100% growth 
in condo rents, uh, as is suggested by a couple of these isolated stories. So you're saying we don't have a rental crisis, a rental housing crisis in Toronto? Well, I mean, in, in terms of crisis, I, I, I would say that the market is undersupplied for sure. Um, rent growth at, uh, at 8% is, is still above normal. Um, when you look at uh, same sample rent growth, uh, which kind of looks at the same sample of buildings in both periods and excludes the impact of new units coming into the marketplace, the annual rate of growth was, was 5%. So it's, it's not nearly as high as suggested by the headline number, um, but it certainly is growing faster than I would say, obviously, the general rate of inflation and uh, I would historical average growth of around 3% or so. Um, so it, it does suggest that the market is tight for sure, um, but I don't think it's reflective of um, massive rent increases that are being passed on to tenants from uh, overly aggressive landlords. So, and just to recap, I mean, uh, this, these particular stories, like what, what's your, in explaining what is actually happening, these stories we hear of where rents are going up by 100% for the odd, you know, tenant here and there that has notified the media and, and written a story about it. Like, how do you explain that particular situation? I mean, obviously you don't know the specific details of it, but um, what, what is actually happening there in, 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 in reality? Yeah, we, we don't know the, the individual circumstances um, behind each of these outlandish increases. Um, but what we try to, to do is, is put it into, into context. Yes, rents are growing faster than normal, but they are not growing by that extent um, uh, across the widespread market. Um, if, you, if you look at rent growth, even just over the past few years, it's, 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 it's sort of growing from a, from a pace that was pretty much neutral for a good period of time. So the headlines didn't come out when rents were flat for a few years between 2013 and 2015. During that period of time, our statistics were showing that rents were pretty much not growing for a period of three years. Now they're starting to grow, but coming off of a very flat period, so the rate of increase is exaggerated. But when you average out rents over the past three, four, five-year period, they've only really been growing at an annual pace of still about 3%, even capturing this latest increase in, in, in rent. So I don't think that um, uh, the market has seen excessive growth in rent. And if you, if you compare rent growth to housing price growth, um, really rents are rising at a fraction of what's happening in the ownership market right now. So the market for, for, for rent has been uh, much more stable. Um, the increase that we saw in 2016 was, I would consider, a short-term deviation uh, away from a longer-term trend of really a modest case of rent growth. Right. Right. Um, um, so I don't know if you've been involved with the discussions with the government or if they've consulted you or your firm at all and what's happening in the market. Uh, but what what is your feeling or what is your thoughts on what do you think the government is going to do? Everybody's wondering, uh, and the government's dropping all sorts of hints, but they're not telling us any specifics uh, as to what they may or may not actually do to affect the housing market and the rental market specifically. Um, 
So just wondering what your thoughts are on what the government, uh, what you think the government may do. Um, and then, um, and then the sort of a second part to that question, specifically with all your, specifically with all your clients who are doing the purpose-built rental side, what, what are the purpose-built rental developers, um, what's their take on, on the situation as well, and what, what's their message to the government? Well, I think the messaging that's come out thus far from, from the provincial government in particular is that um, they feel that there is some sort of need to introduce regulation as it relates to rent growth. And my feeling is that this is in direct response to um, a few news articles that got a lot of media attention, as you, as you referenced earlier, um, without um, looking at the full context of what's happening across the, across the, the broader rental market. So I think that's an issue. Um, I, I don't know exactly what sort of regulation will come in. Um, probably rent control at some sort of uh, magnitude will, will, will be introduced, but I don't know if there's going to be an exemption for new units that are being built during a certain period of time or whether the um, uh, uh, the cap is going to be at inflation or inflation plus a percentage bump above that. I, I really don't know. But I, I'm, uh, the messaging that's come out has been fairly clear that, that, that some sort of regulation is probably on the way. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily justified. Um, sure, as I mentioned, rents are, are accelerating, but uh, for the most part, they've basically been rising in line or just slightly above inflation. So um, this is, after several years of happening, has, has brought the market to a point where starting to make sense finally for purpose-built developers to come in and introduce new supply through new construction. So, you know, what's most important for them is being able to hit that initial rent. So they're looking at the rents that are being achieved in new condo apartment projects in the city, and they're, they're, they're plugging those into their pro formas, and they're seeing that the numbers are starting to make sense. If they're able to lease up at the same rates or slightly above the rates that are being achieved by new buildings today, then it's going to start to make more sense to, to start to build. Um, I don't think that they're anticipating huge increases in rents, but at the same time, if they know that they're only going to be able to increase their rents by inflation, then they're probably going to start to think twice about moving ahead with these projects. Or they'll switch gears and, and, and you know, um, maybe, maybe, maybe proceed as a condo project or position the product differently so they're able to achieve a higher initial rent than they otherwise would. Um, so, you know, the conversations that we've had with those that are planning to build purpose-built development um, projects is that rent control wouldn't necessarily be uh, a killer for, for their projects, but if it's sort of introduced in conjunction with um, an incentive to, to, to help make the economics more feasible for them, um, which would be, you know, increased density, perhaps lower taxes, um, interest-free loans or something like that for a period, something that would help mitigate that increased uh, regulation from rent control could help make the, the, the project feasible. If the rent control came in as it applies right now to uh, the buildings that have been constructed before 1991, which is basically the regulation, then I think a lot of them would probably put, the put their projects on a shelf. But if, if they take an example of, um, you know, say Vancouver, where um, 
rents are able to rise at uh, inflation plus two percentage points, plus the percentage of the increase in operating expenses, then I think it provides a balance for the developers and the tenants to offer some sort of protection in them knowing that their rents aren't going to double, but also, you know, providing some realistic uh, guidelines for developers to be able to grow their revenue. Right, right. Um, that's really interesting uh, just to hear again. Uh, this is a perspective that I feel like it needs to get out there um, and people are not, we're not hearing from the people who are, you know, investing hundreds of millions of dollars into purpose-built rentals about what their expectations are on the market. I mean, these, like you said, they're not coming into these markets thinking, you know, just rubbing greedy little hands like some cartoon character, like, uh, you know, I just can't wait to raise my rents every year by 100% or something like that. It's just, it's just really um, unfortunate that that um, one or two stories has taken hold of, of the, the, the headlines and of people's, understanding of the rental market when it's just complete distortion of what what's actually happening especially like you said just look at the numbers over forget about this quarter and last quarter just look at the rest of the numbers over the last five years and you quickly see that the you know the the rental market is is like you said it's appreciating you know just a little bit above inflation like it's nothing even remotely close to what is happening in the uh in the low-rise a housing market where you've had double digit increases year after year after year after year. That's right. Um, and if anything, you know, we should be encouraging developers to, to add supply in, in, in some sort of way. And it seems right now that the best way to do that is through purpose built rental development. And we've been tracking uh, a growing pipeline of projects that are proposed for development. Um, it's up, up at around 30,000 units right now. Only about 30% of those are, are actually approved. Um, so I think we need to get those approval numbers up. And uh, I think we need some uh, clear indication from the government about which way they're going to be moving with, uh, with respect to regulating the market. It, 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 it's particularly concerning that we've seen uh, purpose-built rental construction actually decline over the past 12 months. Since the beginning of 2016, we've only seen about a thousand units start construction. Uh, it might sound like a lot, but it's actually below uh, levels that we've seen over the past decade, which were in and of themselves low numbers, kind of ranging between a thousand and two thousand units a year. So the fact that we have this growing supply pipeline of proposals, but construction starts are starting to drop off, suggests to me that we're going to be looking at an even more uh, severe supply situation in a few years' time. I don't think we can rely on condos to continue to supply the market as they have. Like, you know as well as I do, that new launch activity, particularly in the core, where most of the rental supply comes from, has dropped off dramatically. New, new project launches for condos in the former city of Toronto dropped by 40% last year. So there's about a five-year time lag between project launch and completion. So by the time we get to 2021, 2022, we're going to be faced with a dramatic pullback in condo apartment deliveries. And it's at that point in time that we need to start to see purposeful rental development pick up. So the fact that the government is looking to impede that by implementing some sort of a regulation that would cause developers to think twice or perhaps 
not go ahead at all with their rental development project is concerning because it, I think it's short-sighted in the fact that, um, you know, we just have come to expect that the market will be supplied by individual condo investors. And uh, I think the numbers are showing that, look, you know, these, these, these launch volumes have dropped off a lot, even though there's a lot of units under construction right now. Um, in a few years' time, that inventory is going to be greatly diminished. And um, if you think that uh, vacancy rates and, and, and supply is low now, just wait, you know, five years from now and, and see what happens if we don't start to see purposeful rental development pick up. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Again, uh, understanding the bigger picture and understanding that uh, the decisions we make today have an effect three, four, five years out. Um, shifting gears, Sean, to the actual rental report and looking at the data itself, I'm wondering um, what, in terms of trends, like speaking about trends in the rental market, like if you could highlight one or two things for us, perhaps from the report in terms of maybe think about it like this. What are some of the existing trends that you're seeing continuing in the data? And are there any new trends or new things to watch moving forward? Maybe it's uh, particular areas, particular um, unit types, um, you know, increasing or de decreasing in, in popularity, this kind of thing. So are there any, are there any uh, existing trends that you're seeing continue in the data? Are there any new trends that you've seen pop up in this latest report? Uh, I think the clearest uh, trend that we've seen is the uh, the emergence of uh, a strong rental market in the 905. Um, a lot of uh, activity happening in the suburban market and projects getting uh, rent levels that, that were surprising to us in a lot of cases, not only through condos, but even some of the newer purpose-built rental projects that have come to completion. There was a project that, that completed in uh, the first quarter in Oshawa that was leasing at like 260 a foot, which is, you know, it's, it's extremely high for that, for that area. And we see new condo apartment projects uh, that are coming up in Markham and Vaughan and, and Mississauga uh, getting, you know, about 250 a foot for the first time. And I, I think it's providing some signals, again, to, to developers that it's, it's, it's starting to make a bit more sense to, 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 to think about these markets in terms of new rentals as opposed to condo in some cases. Um, these markets seem to be doing very well uh, within the smaller unit types. Um, so these are these are these are markets that are catering to uh, really a market that didn't see supply for for several decades, and particularly supply catering to single persons. Um, so these individuals that have been priced out of even the condo market in some cases are increasingly turning to rent, and we're noticing that the smaller units, uh, even though they're located in suburban markets. Uh, are, are doing quite well on a per square foot basis. So the historical um, relationship between small unit size and high rent per square foot that was exhibited in Toronto is starting to play out in some of these suburban markets. Now, what's interesting is that in the city of Toronto, which is obviously a much more mature rental market than, than, than the 905, we're starting to see that the larger units are, are getting the higher rent per square foot. So we did an, a, an analysis of... Um, uh, the entertainment district. So we pulled out all the leases that occurred in the first quarter in the entertainment district condo market and compared them to uh, the first quarter of 2016. And while we saw that the smallest units were still getting premiums in terms of um, rents per square foot, we did notice that the two bedrooms and the two bedroom plus dens were seeing uh, well above average growth. So 10, 12% year over year growth in rents 
whereas the one-bedrooms were growing at about 8%. So the, the market is strong all around, but we have noticed that these, these, these larger units um, are getting uh, increasingly higher rents per foot and growing at a faster pace than, uh, than some, some of the smaller units. And I, I think that really goes back to what's happening in the, in the ownership market. Not as many first-time buyers getting in. Um, you know, in, in, in most cases, uh, well-qualified buyers, but uh, they're not, not finding what they're, what, what they're looking for and uh, increasingly turning to larger rental units. And, uh, and we're seeing that uh, this is playing out quite clearly in terms of the demand and supply dynamics in the marketplace. Hmm. Very interesting. So are you saying that if, if you're an investor looking to buy now that the two bedrooms are, uh, two bedroom units are potentially the, 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 the play to make as opposed to the smaller units? I think so. And I, and, and I was actually surprised to see that um, some of the new projects that registered in the first quarter with smaller units didn't do as well as I thought they would. Whereas uh, the larger units within these projects actually did better than expected. So there was um, a couple of projects uh, such as um, core condominiums and, and Studio 2, uh, which was in the entertainment district, which had fairly small unit sizes, but uh, didn't achieve the rents that, uh, that I expected. Now, these are initial rents, so they, they tend to rise after that sort of initial bulk of supply that comes into the market. But nonetheless, um, you know, they, they didn't uh, they didn't see uh, the same rates of rent that some of the previous uh, projects that registered in these areas did achieve. So I was looking at some of the larger units within these buildings, and I was thinking, wow, you know, they're they're actually getting um, higher rents in some cases in the smaller units. So it's an interesting dynamic that's starting to play out. And uh, I think, yeah, looking at it as sort of an investment, um, the two bedroom units, which are in shorter supply, are probably going to be appreciating faster. Um, than the smaller suites, as uh, I think just in general, the home ownership rates are going to start to flatline. And uh, as the demographics continue to age, you're going to see increasing levels of demand for, for two-bedroom suites and uh, people able to, uh, able to afford um, uh, the levels on these units. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, yeah, definitely definitely a trend that we've been seeing as well and, and something to, to watch for. Um, Sean, it's been great chatting with you as usual. Thank you very much for your time today and your insights. Really appreciate it. Um, and once again, uh, if people want to get a hold of you or, or learn more about Urbanation and the services that you offer, what's the best way to do that? You can check out our website, uh, urbanation.ca. Um, we're actually going to be rolling out uh, some new reports that are going to be of particular interest for investors. Um, so in, in the coming weeks, if you visit the website, you'll be um, uh, noticing a new portal where you can go and download individual market reports on uh, each of the um, sub-markets that we track across the GTA. So in a, in a sort of 10-page report, you can get a full uh, uh, state of the uh, of nation of what's going on in that particular uh, sub-market and uh, full data sets for you know, new construction, resale, rental, and uh, anything that's in the proposed pipeline as well. So I think it's a useful tool for, for anyone that's looking to invest in, in the market. And uh, again, something that will be uh, offered very soon on, on, on the website for download. Oh, that's great. Sounds excellent. Um, we'll definitely watch for that. Okay, thank you very much, Sean, and, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.